FM. Supported by Highbury College. We are passionately pumping. Begins, look forward, work together to create a Portsmouth football club that we can all be proud to be associated with. Pure, unadulterated pumping. It's a massive club, it's a massive opportunity for me. I know this atmosphere is special. I can't wait to see a full house and it rocking. Action and reaction. This is a huge football club. We're here to be hopefully successful. The infrastructure is changing. So really we want to start pushing forward and making Portsmouth a real force. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's a club with a rich tradition, a rich heritage, but one that has an excellent relationship with its supporters. This is the Football Hour. The one team that stands out that's historic, that's had great success, that has a fan base that is amazingly passionate, is Portsmouth. 96th minute heartbreak for the Blues at the Kassam Stadium. Chance to get a ball into the penalty area, or maybe a shot, which Bazunu can't save, and Portsmouth's hearts have been broken, and Oxford are going to steal all three points. And that winless run in the league extends to six as a result of Saturday's 3-2 defeat to Oxford United. This evening we'll hear the post-match thoughts of Michael Jacobs, who commends the spirit of the team to fight tooth and nail on Saturday. It's a tough one to take. I think all of us sort of pulled together and it took two um, fantastic finishes to cost us some points today. And I think sort of the longer the game went on, we felt like we could take something from the game, but disappointed, utterly disappointed dressing room. And head coach Danny Cowley, who was baffled by the performance of the officials at the weekend. A lot went against us today. Managed for a long time now. I don't remember so many decisions going against one of my teams in one game. But yet we kept fighting. I thought the efforts of the players, their organisation, their discipline, their willingness to put their body on the line was fantastic. More from those two and also the post-match thoughts and pre-match opinions of my two guests to come tonight ahead of tomorrow's league clash with Burton Albion at Fratton Park. Right here on 93.7 Express FM, your home of local radio for Portsmouth. This is the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. A very good evening and welcome to the best part of a Monday. You're listening to the Football Hour here on Express FM with myself, Jake Smith, tonight accompanied by two more Blues fans to give across their premonitions and concerns as we focus the core talking points around Saturday's game against Oxford United. This season, the show is brought to you by Stagecoach Across the South, the city's most reliable bus service and also the cheapest too. Head to stagecoachbus.com to find out more regarding fare prices, timetables and route updates near you. If you'd like to get involved with the discussion tonight, you can. We do fully endorse it. The number you need to text is 81400. Ensure you start those with the word express. Otherwise, you can email us, pompey at expressfm.com. You can find us on Twitter and include at expressfm within your tweets or get involved on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash pompey live. But actually, before we hear the highlights of that game on Saturday, let's have a chat with someone who made their Pompey Live debut at the weekend. Connor Mosley is here in the studios this evening, so he's coming for a little chat. Connor, I'm getting sick of the sight of you, mate. I feel like I see you every single day. Do you know, I've I've seen you more this weekend than literally anybody else, mm. which is a bit ridiculous. Just to fill you in listening from back home, of course, Connor was on Pompey Live on Saturday afternoon. But on Sunday, we made the journey uh, across to AFC Bournemouth, the Vitality Stadium, to watch their game against Borehamwood in the FA Cup. Done a bit of ground hopping uh, yesterday evening, late train back, wasn't it? A bit of a 6.30 kickoffs, a bit of a dodgy one. We're still baffled as to why that was. yeah. And um, we saw pr- quite possibly the biggest shock of the weekend. Absolutely. Boreham Wood, 1-0 winners over AFC Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium. Lowest ranked side still in the FA Cup fifth round now. Boreham Wood, the only non-league team left in the competition. They go to Everton uh, in the next round. Just one win away from a quarterfinals. What a story that's been for Boreham Wood. But we're not here to talk about Boreham Wood. Not here to talk about AFC Bournemouth. We're here to talk about Pompey at the end of at the end of the day, uh, Connor. And on Saturday, you made your Pompey Live debut. You sat in the hot seat for for Robbie James. He was uh, elsewhere, occupied. <laughs> How did you enjoy your debut on the show? Do you know? I really, really enjoyed it. I think um, I, th- I think it was interesting to be at the ground as well because I've never done a radio show basically outside of a studio before. Um, so yeah, it was it was great to be in Oxford. Disappointed with the result, um, but yeah, good to sit alongside you. And I bet it was nice for you to have somebody at the <laughs> ground with you. It was nice to have 
a, a friend. It's been quite lonely yeah. at away games recently. But uh, no, it, it's good to have you along. I thought, thought it sounded pretty good. Uh, you're back on Saturday as well. Yes, because Robbie James again mm. is gallivanting. Where is he going this weekend? Wales. Wales. Yeah. So uh, he's a big rugby fan. Mm. So he's he's going there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be in the hot seat at Fratton Park. First time in the press box at Fratton Park as And well. you're going to join me for a pre-match KFC as well. <laughs> yes. You've got, the, you've got the full experience. It's your ritual, isn't it? <laughs> a pre-match KFC. So, yeah, we're going to do that. Um, is there anything new on the menu we need to try? <laughs> we tried that chicken Big Mac yesterday. Oh, that was good. It was good. That was, that was delicious. Yeah. If that works, if anyone's listening, try it. Yeah, do try it. Yeah. Other establishments are available. Yeah. Um, like KFC. Like KFC. <laughs> um, look, we're here to talk football. We've chatted for three and a half minutes and we've barely done that. Not quite the result we'd hoped for on Saturday. Kind of really cruel way to lose it in the end. But you can't really fault the way Pompey went about that match too much, uh, that match too much can you? I said to you, I think uh, halfway through the second half, Oxford and, and Pompey are pretty similar teams. You know, they've they've been pretty similar teams ever since both came up to League One. Each season... You know, either Oxford lose a top player on Pompey game one or the opposite. Um, I think this is the season where Oxford looks stronger than Pompey. Um, I think it was evidenced in the way that they played on, on Saturday. Oxford looked just that little bit stronger, um, you know, and, and Oxford played the game. But then Pompey did in the second half. Oxford obviously took the lead. Very soft goal to give away, but then Pompey got back in it. And then came that big talking point, and the only talking point, really, which I'm sure you'll go into a little bit more on on this show tonight. But I think Pompey and Oxford shouldn't still be in League One. Both should have already gone up by now. Both have had their chances to go up, but not taken them. And I think Oxford, Pompey and Sunderland are three very similar teams that just keep and end up in the same league and keep playing each other. And do you know what? For a neutral, all three when they play each other will will give as good as they get and give you a, a cracking game. And I, do you know, as, as a neutral, you'd, you'd say that that was a cracking game at the weekend. As a Pompey fan, a bitter, bitter <laughs> way to lose. But my goodness me, Two phenomenally good finishes. Got to hand it to him. Oh, absolutely. Two two great finishes. Uh, Equaliser from Cameron Brannigan and the 96th minute winner. An absolute sucker punch for Pompey Can uh, from Nathan Holland. Very quickly as well. Yeah. That's Cameron Brannigan's fifth goal in three matches. Cool. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> Brilliant. And, and four of those were penalties. Yes, they were. In the same game. <laughs> Uh, Connor, thanks for coming to chat, uh, to chat to us tonight. I'll let you get off and get home. Uh, have a good evening. Thank you. And we'll see you on Saturday. Yes, see you for Doncaster's trip to PO4. Yes, and before that, actually, of course, Friday night, 7 o'clock, floor fillers. Of course, yes. Yep. You love a good floor filler, Jake. I love it. I, I do love finishing the football hour on a Friday night, and then the next show on is floor fillers. It gives me right good jam. When I'm walking or, or getting my bus home. It's, I know your, your guests love a bit of floor fillers tonight as well, don't they? They do, yes. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to introduce them in a few moments' time. Uh, yeah, they do. They love a little dance, a little boogie. <laughs> Connor, thank you very much. Thank you. Right, let's get back to it then. Uh, here is a reminder of how it all went down at the Kassam Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Everything we do is passionately pumping. Oh, Every second of the action is right here. Jason scores! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. It's Oxford United against Portsmouth here at the Kassam Stadium. Long ball played forward for Oxford. It wasn't a bad one, but it's found its way into the hands of Portsmouth goalkeeper Gavin Bazunu. Bowden puts his right hand in the air, prepares to deliver. Left, whipped in towards the edge of the six-yard box, headed down in. Seven on the clock, Oxford United one, Portsmouth nil. Mizunu send it long for Portsmouth. The midway inside his own half. Diagonal towards the edge of the penalty area, looking towards Hurst. Hurst wins a flick on. Curtis is chasing after it. Lovely back heel. Chance for Pompey with Freeman. Great chance. Jacobs puts it into the net. That is a really, really well worked goal. And Michael Jacobs with his left foot couldn't. 
Bowen to Jacobs to the back of the net. Oxford one, Portsmouth one. Clear lock towards halfway. Raggett wins ahead of forward. Oxford pick it up. Rannigan is beaten by a high foot and Morel is apologising. The Oxford players and fans are incensed, but that was clearly incidental from Morel with Brannigan putting his head down and Morel putting his foot up. A red card! It is a red card! No! Wow! I can't believe that. Corner's whipped in. Luton in a six-yard box. Tommy not dealt with it. And they're going to scramble it clear. There's a poppy player, Freeman, who took a blow getting it away with the help Great. of Bazunu. Great clearance from Freeman at the far post. Fantastic clearance. And Kane has got space and he's flipped it in. There's a chance for Brannigan. Great save, Bazunu. Loose in the six-yard box. Blocked by Raggan. Still the danger's there. Shot to come in. Blocked once more. Poppy cut open but surviving. Still there for Oxford. Sykes just in the penalty area. Three to aim for him. He wants to pull the ball back. There's so much space. And Pompey blocked the cross. And it's an Oxford corner. Still 1-1. Yeah. Pompey win it. And Hurst tries to break forward. If he can get the ball to Jacobs, he might look up and see Curtis on the left. And Curtis Jacobs will now see Curtis. And it's a great chance for Curtis. And Ronan Curtis has scored for Portsmouth. A rare foray forward. And once again, it's Jacobs unlocking the defence. This time, Curtis wasn't going to miss. He curls it into the bottom corner. It's Oxford 1, 10 man Portsmouth 2. With Matty Taylor. Spreads play to Holland on the left-hand side. Brannigan, 30 yards out, thinks about the shot. Hits one, brilliant goal! Brilliant goal from Cameron Brannigan. It's taken something special to beat Gavin Bazunu. And Cameron Brannigan, the star man for Oxford, has made it Oxford 2, Portsmouth 2. Oxford still coming. Chance to get a ball into the penalty area, or maybe a shot, which Bazunu can't take! Suffer heartbreak again here. They've been beaten by three goals to two. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights there from Saturday afternoon as Pompey felt a 3-2 defeat away to Oxford United in rather spectacularly cruel fashion at the Kassam Stadium. 96-minute winner for the hosts via Nathan Holland. That result leaves Pompey in 13th position, now 14 points behind the playoffs with a game in hand. Uh, and then looking at the relegation zone, uh, now just nine points above the drop zone. Don't think we're going to have to worry about that too much, but Looking over our shoulders just a little bit, maybe. Uh, the top two remains Rotherham and Wigan Athletic. Uh, the playoff positions are made up of MK Don, Sunderland, Oxford and Wickham Wanderers with Sheffield Wednesday, Plymouth, Ipswich, Bolton, Charlton and tomorrow's opponents, Burton Albion, making up the top half. And this is the first time Pompey have been in the bottom half of the table uh, since around September time. The bottom four looks like this. Doncaster Rovers rooted to the bottom of the table, though they are level on points with the two teams above them. Gillingham and Crew Alexandra Morecambe slip into the bottom four on 29 points with AFC Wimbledon a points above them in 20th place. Okay, let's uh, welcome on my two guests uh, finally uh, onto the show this evening. I do apologise, but it's been a a little bit later uh, than usual. And we don't usually introduce introduce two guests at the very same time. However, I just realised that we've booked in at the exact same time. The exact same show, lads. This was not planned. But oh, we I take it. it was. No, it wasn't. It really was not planned. 4-0 takeover, Jake. It is a 4-0 takeover. And I think that can only mean one thing. <laughs> Pompey tomorrow night are winning 4-0. Yeah, I'm oh. delighted to welcome onto the show both uh, not only Tom Chappell from 4-0 written all over it, but Sam Stone as well. And no, this was not planned. Uh, this was sheer luck. And I think about half an hour after I booked you in, Sam, I realised who you, who you were on the show with. But Sam, we'll start with you. You're in the studio with us this evening. Great to have you on the show, my friend. Oh, cheers, mate. Yeah, no, I can't believe you booked me on with Tom. I spent too much time <laughs> with him anyway, don't I? Um, but yeah, going to get to 
chat about Pompey to you instead of just venting my anger to him at half time <laughs> all the time. So yeah, but yeah, hopefully that this will jinx it for tomorrow. Four 0 win. Hopefully, hopefully so. Tom, great to hear from you, mate. Uh, you're calling in from back home this evening. Uh, I really do appreciate you calling in, taking some time out of your day to talk to us. How you been? I'm good, mate. I'm sorry I can't be there in person. Um, I'm delighted that the world gets to hear Sam talk about football rather than just me because he's genuinely one of my favourite people to chat to Pompey about, win, lose or draw. So looking forward to it. And I honestly think, before you get going, you and Connor should have a a podcast or something (laughs) on the cards, Jake, because... That was wonderful listening for the first 10 minutes or so. In all fairness, you, sh- you should hear like our conversations when we do, you know, we go, we go on our ground hopping adventures, we, do, we take our trips to these games and, yeah, we talk about everything and anything, you know, the, the kind of the ins and outs of football that you wouldn't you know, necessarily discuss on a show like this. You know, we talk about tactics and formations and player performances and the like, but we talk about all the all the things that no one really cares about, you know, like the, the, the character of stadiums and the, the importance of a good cup of tea at half-time and the match day pie, you know, stuff like that. So I, I don't think that's a bad shout, Tom. I'll speak to him about that. Um, Tom, let's go back to Saturday, though. Oxford away, a 3-2 defeat for Pompey. First of all, really harsh. Yeah, massively. Um, I think one of the words I've heard the most in the last couple of days is heartbreak. Um which I would very much identify with at this moment in time. Still, still absolutely mad about how how we managed to 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 throw that away. Two worldy goals that you've already mentioned were excellent strikes. Um, but as as I was saying after the game, we were absolutely superb for ninety five percent of that football match, and to to go. I know Danny said it. Danny said it as well, didn't he? It was a good ninety minutes that we were down to ten men. If you factor in the fact that they had, well, we had five minutes added on, and then somehow ten minutes added on for the second half as well. So, yeah, and and I'm sure we're we're going to go on to to the refereeing, and I, I'd like to hope that there's been a bit of time allocated for this <laughs> edition of the football hour to discuss it because it's it's obviously the the hottest topic, and and I don't actually think it's just Pompey fans being bitter about their team losing or using it as a as a, a reason why we lost the game because when it's as determining as a decision as that and when it, it goes as wrong as it did for the ref it, it needs to be discussed and I really hope it's rectified hopefully before Tuesday I know that sounds a little bit like wishful thinking though absolutely and it is certainly a talking point we will discuss uh, in the next part of the show and in the next part of the show we'll also hear what Danny Carley had to say after the game and understandably the Blues boss was also furious with the man in the middle on Saturday afternoon I don't know if they understand the rules because they talk about the foot being higher well the foot will be higher when the ball's high I'm not surprised that is it the ball's higher the foot's high and their player has ducked right down to win it the referee can't see there is no way the referee can see he's got one of our players in front of him and then their player in front of him and he's just guessed and he's just guessed and that for me is is unacceptable not happy at all Danny Kelly will hear the full extent of that interview in the next part of the show and we'll be back with Sam and Tom to hear more of their thoughts as well don't miss it and stay right where you are for part two of the football hour here on Express FM this is the football hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the Football Hour here on Express FM, driven to you this season by Stagecoach across the South. You can download their app today from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can plan your next journey and you can also locate your nearest bus stop as well. Tonight I'm joined alongside Tom Chappell and Sam Stone, uh, both from the uh, 4-0 written all over at YouTube vlog. And uh, tonight we've got a, a big talking point, of course, the uh, 3-2 defeat at the Kassam Stadium at the weekend for Pompey. But look, Sam, most notably within that game, the red card uh, given to Joe Morrell just within the first 15 minutes. And, you know, we sit here as Pompey fans and of course we're going to have a little bit of a, a blue tinted glasses kind of view on that but that's, that's not a red card no um, <laughs> there's probably a good good we've got this hour we could literally vent about this Absolutely. for the whole hour yeah. Um, but yeah it, it, it's one of them where I've seen people on, on social media saying about you know the game like Oxford were the better side throughout the whole game I just think the red card if you've you've never seen an example of it being that clear when a red card completely changes the game and Oxford just and Pompey just had to sit back for the whole game because of that and it's a decision that's defined the whole game it defined the tempo it defined 
probably the incident that happened at half time. George Hurst challenge on the halfway line, which Oxford fan was saying should be a red card. It set it set the whole kind of tone for the game. Um, obviously, I've seen just come out in the news that Pompey reckon there's another angle of it that they could potentially get it overturned. But we've seen this so many times before that the decision makers at the top of the game just don't have the capability of deciding the consistency upon which the rules should stand. And I don't hold out much hope for no. Joe Merrill getting that decision overturned. But I just think, for me, it's the consistency. We want the consistency. In one week, you'll see that as a red card. What what was a good example? We've had examples in the Premier League this year with penalties, for example. I'm pretty sure on Monday night last week, when Charlton came to Fratton Park, there was a similar sort of incident where they they had a player put in a high foot on on around about the halfway line. Again, I don't think it was necessarily a bad challenge, but he got away with that scot-free. A free kick was given, not even a yellow card. Now, I think maybe Joe Morrell on Saturday probably should have got a yellow card for it. Yeah, I think no, that would have been fair. It's a yellow card, yeah, probably. But that—that's that, what I mean. That's where the consistency yeah. should be. You know, there needs to be any that that same tackle everywhere needs yeah. to be the same outcome. And you've had the same thing with handballs. They've yeah. just changed the rule again for handballs. <laughs> they need to make their minds up about what they're doing. Um, but again, another just going back to the, the referee um, when he when the tackle was made, it took him three or four minutes to decide it was a red card. And for mm-hmm. me, I think he knew it was a red card straight away. I think he knew as soon as that tackle, he he then waited three or four minutes. It was almost like he wanted to make himself centre of attention. I don't think I'm being out of order or no. wrong in saying that. I think he wanted to make everyone know that he was the main person on the pitch, yeah. hence why he took so long to make the tackle. And then we've got as well the, the added time. I have absolutely no <laughs> idea. Where you, I'm sure we'll get onto this as well, but 10 minutes... Where has he got? Yeah. To, I know Freeman was down, but he wasn't down for ten minutes. I've seen some argue the case, but it may be down to the disruption at half time. We're not going to make any comments on that because we don't know what happened. But the game that, started exactly. <laughs> that, that, that was nothing. That wasn't in game time, so it's, it's got nothing to do with that. Freeman was down for two to three minutes. Yeah, well, probably four minutes max. A few subs. It was a, obviously a lot of yeah. yellow cards, but you don't add a minute on for every yellow card. No, so absolutely not. Um, Tom, have you really got anything to add to that? Because I think I think Sam has you know really hit the nail on the head there in, in regards to the the performance from the officials on Saturday. You know, we we try to find a balanced argument. Of course, we do, and you know, I think we I think it is fair to say that if you can see a consistent performance from referees on a, on a weekly basis look if if that is a red card by the letter of the law then so be it it's a red card and you accept mm. it and you move on but it's not <laughs> and that's no, the fr- that's where the no, frustration lies and i think i think the referee on saturday due to that i think he just let the game completely lose control i don't think he had any any, any real grip of it yeah he, he did lose control from from minute 15 or 16 jake and and, and unfortunately you're not going to find a balanced argument from me based on what sam just said because i completely agree with him um cynics will say that i'm about to launch a personal attack and it's not but the gentleman who was involved is a man called sam barrett um mm. he's only actually refereed 40 45 games at this level and this is only his second season refereeing football above the national league level his second season of league one and two um, yeah, he's he's not even a select group two referee, which means that he's got the license to referee in the championship either. Um, so for me, he's massively out of his depth, and that was demonstrated in earnest at the Casam on Saturday. He didn't have a clue, um, and as you say, he completely lost it. He was calling decisions left, right, and centre even yeah. after that yeah. red card incident that that would just, you know, Danny. We were listening to Danny talk about it before we went into the last break that. You know, it was just so many decisions were questionable. So many of them were ridiculous outright. And I've seen a lot of comments on on Twitter. I saw comments on our YouTube page as well, saying uh, from Oxford fans, as you, as it goes, saying, "Oh, it, yeah, it's it's a debatable red card. <laughs> well, no, no red card is ever debatable for me, and that's one of the reasons why it, it cannot be." There has to be 99.9%, 100% certainty that it is a red card offence. And that is what is given for the most serious of contraventions of the laws of football. It was not a serious contravention of the laws of football. Joe Morrell is five foot six. I'm five foot eight. You both spent a lot of time with me in person. I'm not very tall as it is. How the smallest kid on the pitch has got any reasonable doubt that he could be sent off for a high boot challenge is beyond me and is completely ridiculous. But well, I actually share the same height as Joe Murray. I'm also five foot six. I'm, I'm quite, quite small myself. Put, you, and, put and, your foot up now, Jake. Well, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not that athletic. 
That's Joe Morrell. I think I've just pulled my calf. Um, isn't good. I've got five aside tonight. That's you injured as well, then. I've got five aside tonight. I can't injure myself. Um, but, but look, I, I can't get my, head, my, my, my foot that high. And I, but, look, there's no malice in there. What's this, Sam? Yeah, but we, there was an example there. You just put your foot... <laughs> you did just put your foot up and your foot wasn't that high. But you've got to think Brannigan's putting his head down that yeah. low as well. So it's got... He's putting his head down. I think it was Brannigan. And he's... It's kind of one of them. If there's foot... If he's putting his foot up and it's to his head height, then fair enough. But as well, I'll just make a note. Um, I don't like blaming referees. You can ask Tom I, on the channel. I never, ever like to blame referees. No. Or, but And Danny Cowley as well, and his time here, has not blamed referees that much. Same with Paul Cook when he was in charge. Never liked to blame referees. And there were some shocking refereeing performances in League Two. But when you have Cowley coming out and saying and being that disappointed yeah. in the refereeing performance, it's quite clear that it was a shocker. It was a really bad one. Uh, so we've heard what uh, Sam uh, and Tom have had to say about the incident, but what about Pompey uh, midfielder Michael Jacobs? He spoke to Ollie Marsh on the touchline at the Kassam on Saturday afternoon. Well, Crackers, you've joined us from what I can only imagine is a slightly disappointed dressing room. Yeah, obviously it's a, it's a tough one to take. I think we sort of, all of us sort of pulled together. Um, obviously the sending offs, these things happen in football and I think once you, as a group, you could tell that we were sort of together and it took took two um, fantastic finishes to sort of um, to cost us some points today. And I think sort of the longer the game went on, we felt like we could, especially as we scored the second goal, we felt like we could take something from the game. But uh, yeah, disappointed, utterly disappointed dressing room. What was the view of the, the red card from yourself for, for Joe in the 15th minute? It, it divided opinion on from what we could see. I think it was a bit of, I think he, Joe's foot was high, but I think also the lad lock, like, like come like head went down quite quite low, so I think with them sort of ones you never really, I didn't really I didn't really see it at the time, but um, I think obviously that sort of incident when someone puts their head down and a, and a foot comes up, you're gonna have that sort of collision. But I think it's one of them ones where hopefully the referee sometimes just sort of sees the sees two boys going for the ball, and, and it was just sort of it was that sort of match today where it was nitty bitty tackles and it was obviously yellow cards and, and sort of stuff, but it's obviously cost us and. Um, but we played really well with 10 men and sort of stay compact, stay together. And, and, and Gavin was fantastic in goal for us. And, and it's just one of them days. And obviously we've come away with no points and that's the, that's the big thing. Yeah, we've spoken to Danny and he mentioned the, the pride that he had in his team. Is that something you feel as well? I think so. I think so. We showed a collective group. Obviously, we've got new new lads coming to the dressing room and and lads gone and stuff. And uh, it was always going to be a tough tough. Play. These boys are flying, and it was always going to be a tough ask. But I think we, I think we sort of um, got ourselves together once. Obviously, the sending off happened, got our, got our shape, and and sort of shuffled along, and sort of didn't really they didn't really create too many clear cut chances. So um, it was one of them days where we thought if we could hit them on the counter attack and and create create some chances, then we can we can get some out of the game. But like I said before, no points, and and it's a difficult run. But we've got to pick ourselves up because it's game Tuesday. For you, it must be nice to, to get a goal and nice to get a start, which I'm sure you have been craving. Yeah, obviously, for me, I just want to, like I've said to you before, when I've spoke to you before, I just want to play football, and um, it, it's nice for me to sort of get back out there and get there from get from there from the start. I've been doing all right when I've been coming on, and and but for more for me, I, I enjoy winning football games, especially at this level, and um, it's just disappointing that we ain't come away with anything. Just finally, the, they travelled in their numbers today, and they really showed their appreciation at the end there. What, what were your thoughts on the, the Pompey fans today? Oh, they're, they're fantastic. They're, they're coming their numbers every week. They, they regardless of performance score, they're all. Always, they're always loud and loud and proud, and I think you could see that with this, the 1700 that were here today. And, and uh, yeah, like, like I said before, they're, they're a fantastic fan base. And uh, regardless of form or performances of late or whatever, it's, they're still there in their numbers. So we're, we're really proud to have them with us. Michael Jacobs, what a guy, Tom. What a guy. Yeah, um, Sam's been singing his praises in the stands of Fratton Park for. A long time, Jake, and he'll be sat there smiling that I've mentioned that because he was probably first to the Michael Jacobs talent than <laughs> than most of us. And and I think is it it's a shame because it, it has been slightly blemished, hasn't it, with with Michael Jacobs and the Pompey fans. There was that move to Ipswich that was going to happen and then didn't happen because they found someone they wanted more and sent him packing and back he came, working his way back into the side. He's managed to do so now. I know he's had a a tough couple of weeks i think covid illness wise whatever it's been as well um and he's playing a real focal role in in this pompey setup at the moment he's you know he's in the last couple of games he's been one of our top goal scorers isn't he he's, he's excellent um it, he went on a run on saturday that could only be described as impeccable um he, he does he's such a workhorse as well isn't he and to hear him speaking like that as well just 
it's the icing on the cake for me because I've got a, a lot of love for him and I know Sam and I'm sure you have as well, Jake. Do you know what though, Tom? You mentioned about you know his failed move to to Ipswich, and you know that was you know quite heavily publicised that that was going to happen on deadline day or around about that time last summer. Uh, with obviously Joe Morrell signing for Pompey as a result of that kind of move falling through. Ipswich were seemingly confident they wanted Joe Morrell, and Pompey just kind of came in and said, "Look, all right, you won't have Michael Jacobs. You're not having Joe Morrell either." Do you kind of think that maybe with that? You know, setback for Michael Jacobs. It is it, allowed him some time to work on, on, on himself from the training ground and, and really trying to fight his way back into this Pompey team and really prove, you know, to, to Paul Cook, to Ipswich, and maybe even Danny Cowley himself as well. But actually, no, he, he's a good player and he's got a lot to give still to this team. Yeah, well, it went well for Paul Cook at Ipswich, didn't it, Jake? So we can all sit <laughs> there and say that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it spurred him on to to, to be a, a, a better version of himself. And I think, you know, it's, it's it's the setbacks in life that define you, isn't it? I think he's he's really sort of, he's, he's really um, compelled himself to that. So, yeah, I mean, and it's it's great to see that he's, he's weathered the storm and, and come out because I, I can I can imagine it. It's not an easy thing to happen to your career at, at this sort of stage playing professional football to, to sort of, it was a rejection really, wasn't it, from Ipswich for him to have to come back to Pompey after having said his goodbyes and oh new new challenge I don't know whether he arranged to make the move there personally family wise etc etc um, yeah I, mean, I think it, it's really important for him that he's managed to come back and and weave his way back into this Pompey setup I'm really proud for him and I'm really pleased that it's it's come off the way it has and continues to so long, yeah. long may that continue. Uh, thank you, by the way, to everyone who's got in touch on the text tweets and emails this evening. We've got plenty to read out. Uh, I know it's, it's getting late. Uh, we've had a plenty to discuss and plenty of audio to get through as well. But we've got plenty coming through and we will get to them in due course. And I know, Sam, you're eager uh, to get your thoughts across as well. But we are running out of time and we do need to hear the post-match thoughts of the Blues gaffer from Saturday afternoon. Here's Danny Cowley again with Ollie Marsh. No, pride. I was really proud of the players. thought they were heroic. You know, a lot went against us today. Managed for a long time now. I don't remember so many decisions going against one of my teams in one one game. But yet we, we kept fighting. I thought the efforts of the, of the players, their organisation, their discipline, their willingness to put their body on the line was, was fantastic. We got a, a really good place in the game with a second goal on the counter-attack. And, and yeah, we, um, we took two very, very good goals, from both from distance, to, to beat us. You had to play 75 minutes with 10 men. What were your thoughts on the red card for Joe Morrell? No, we had to play 90 minutes because we had five minutes of injury time in the first half and 10 minutes in the second half somehow. I don't know why, I don't know how. I don't quite know how, but we did. Yeah, I've seen it back. It's just never ever sending off. Like, I don't, I don't know if they understand the rules because they, they talk about the foot being high. Well, the foot will be high when the ball's high. I'm not surprised that, is it? The ball's high, the foot's high. And their player has ducked right down to win it. The referee can't see. There is no way the referee can see. He's, he's, got, he's got one of our players in front of him and then their player in front of him. And he's just guessed. And he's just guessed. And that, that for me, is, is unacceptable. So, you know, we had a decision go against us on Charlton for the first goal, which was costly. We didn't mind. We got on with it. But... Yeah, today it wasn't just one decision, it was a number, a number of decisions that I thought went against us. And like I said, our backs were against the wall um, and I thought the players fought really, really hard and just disappointed for our supporters. They were unbelievable, unbelievable and just disappointed we weren't able to get, to get over the line. Is Joe Morrell sending off one that you, you would hope to get overturned? I don't know. Let's be honest. They can't even get. Oh, oh, they've got VAR in the Premier League. They can't even get decisions right with, with, with VAR on their side. So I don't have any any confidence, if I'm honest, at all, with the decision makers in at the top of our game. So I, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look at it. In terms of positives we can take out of it, two recurring things we've been talking about is reactions to going behind and, and taking your chances. You showed that you can do that today. Yeah, yeah, I thought we um, scored two, two well-worked goals. Michael Jacobs, I thought, was excellent. Um, and, 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 yeah, we, um, you know, I, I, I know today, like, I know we're really disappointed. I don't want to try to find the right words, but I, I, and, I, and, I, and I get it when we lose, everyone's disappointed, but I saw enough today in my team, enough heart, enough courage, enough fight that... That we'll be all right. It's not going for us at the minute, but I'm pretty sure we'll be all right. 
and you mentioned earlier Pride. It felt like you and Nicky just took a little bit of extra time with the supporters at the end there. Oh, listen, there feels like a lot of disappointment around this club sometimes, but I can only say what I feel in stadium. And I know everybody reacts to social media and kind of the little puddle that we live in. And because of the way social media works, it, it kind of everything gets exaggerated and blowed out of proportion. But I can only say our supporters, I thought they're brilliant. They love this club dearly, and of course, when the team doesn't do well, they're disappointed and they're frustrated and they're angry, and that's, they've absolutely got every right to have those emotions. They're, they love this football club, and it means a lot to them. But you know, today you saw how they supported us. You saw them at the end. They they respect hard work and they respect players that, that, that are giving their all, and I think they saw that this afternoon for sure. The honest uh, and very passionate post-match interview uh, from Blues boss Danny Cowley there speaking uh, on the touchline after the full-time whistle on Saturday. And look, we've mentioned it already, Sam, but Pompey, although defeated on Saturday, look, I'll, I'll hold my hands up. I was a bit frustrated uh, just minutes after the full-time whistle with that result, considering recent form as well. Um, on Twitter, I said it was pathetic. I, I, I completely eat those words back up. Um, it wasn't because it was a spirited game as we've already kind of alluded to on the show tonight given the circumstances with the 10 men as well a much much better performance than what we've seen in recent weeks it, it's just absolutely heartbreaking that we ended up losing that one but look we, we go again tomorrow as uh, a famous man once said and Burton Albion at home on home turf under the floodlights a good chance to put these wrongs right yeah it certainly is also as well Burton one place above us in the league now um for me, the, the playoffs are probably gone. Um, the Oxford, well, the last the last few results have been a bit of a a realization for me. Like I've always assumed that this season was going to be like kind of that second six, you know, six through twelve. Obviously, I think we're just outside of that at the moment. That's where, in my head, I thought we'd end up. Obviously, I'm a Pompey fan. I always think we're going to go and win the league. So, um, at the start of the season, there's always that kind of hope that you think you're going to be towards the top of the table but the last few results have kind of made it a bit of a realisation that's probably going to be where we're going to end up and ultimately we don't want to get sucked into anything so we do want to pick up a win but it's not for the 14 points is too much to make up especially we've got too many good teams in there Burton are a good side we're struggling for players as well um, it's going to be a need, going to need to be another hearted performance to get yeah. something out of the game and uh, you've just shown me, Sam, uh, a photograph from Saturday, which fortunately one of the photographers at the ground has managed to pick up. And it is uh, the exact moment Joe Morrell was alleged to have made contact with the head of uh, Cameron Brannigan. And actually, it is a lot worse. And by worse, I mean the decision when you actually yeah. see that screenshot because he, he's, he's won the ball yeah. and, it, and his foot is no higher than um, you know his Brannigan's chest. Head, Brannigan's head isn't... His arm is in yeah. between his foot and the ball. So, and so like Brannigan's head isn't even... It's about, probably about a foot away from Morel's foot. And if I'm correct, that photo has not been released until... Just now. Just and and Morel, they said in the photo, Neil Allen just released it, Morel is five foot five. Yeah. So and his foot is not. It might have looked yeah. bad maybe and, in real time, but it, no, and, it's and he's worse. bending over as yeah. well. So his foot's even lower. It, 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 yeah. <laughs> and in in response to your email, uh, Dave Byrne on the emails, thank you for getting in touch. You've got another email which I'll get on to in the next part of the show. You've asked uh, uh, any word on whether the club will appeal Joe Morrell's red card on Saturday, and uh, yes. Yes, so they will appeal that red card uh, from Saturday. And we'll also hear a snippet of Danny Cowley's pre-match thoughts ahead of tomorrow's match against Burton Albion at PO4 in the next part of the show. Where we'll also hear a little bit more about tomorrow night's opponents uh, managed by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. The side currently one place and one point above the Blues in League One. Keep getting your text, tweets and emails into us, Pompey fans. I do promise I'll read more out in the next part of the show. Don't go anywhere and join us for the conclusion of the Football Hour here on Express FM. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back to the final part of the show this evening here on Express FM. The Football Hour, which is uh, supported this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit their website, stagecoachbus.com, or download their app now on the Apple app and Google Play stores where you can uh, locate your nearest bus stop and you can find out the latest and updated uh, timetable and fare information uh, from Stagecoach getting you across Hampshire and uh, the South Coast as 
well. Okay, a few text tweets and emails to read out then. Uh, mockers on Twitter. The one real class act we currently have at Fratton Park, Michael Jacobs, in terms of creativity. Our fans have finally realised that he is a cracking player, able to deliver a killer pass, a free kick or a corner. A real artist and he deserves a new contract. Great to hear fighting talk from Danny Cowley after the defeat at Oxford. That is what we want, despite our penny-pinching owners depriving him of funds. Mockers. <laughs> Andy Carlin should be fighting Danny's cause and making sure he's got money to spend in the summer. Thank you, Mockers, for getting in touch with the show this evening. Also on Twitter, Lee Davies says, uh, another three points dropped. Playoffs looking a very long way off now. Cowley needs to get down to goals tonight at around about half past eight and watch a group of lads that would do a lot better than what we've got. More passion from us, lads, than the team that Pompey have got at the moment. Lee, I don't know who you're referring to. Might be us uh, heading for a little five-side match tonight. Uh, Not saying I'm any good. And I don't think I'm going to solve Pompey's goal-scoring problems, if I'm completely honest with you. But Danny Cowley, if you've uh, got a free evening, come down and have a, have a watch. Might have yourself a new contract, eh? Uh, Dave Byrne on the emails. Hi, Jake. What a fantastic effort from the team on Saturday. Everything went against us yet again, and we definitely deserve more. However, I do want to throw something out there. Over the past five years, we've had different managers, more than one complete turnover of the squad, different formations and systems, different CEOs, and significant financial commitment from the owners. But if anything, I think the Portsmouth Football Club have arguably gone slightly backwards in that time. I do see the, the expectation from us supporters as making it additionally difficult for many players to be a success at this club. But for me, I'm starting to believe that our determination to pioneer a financially self-sufficient way of operating a football club is costing us. I'm not saying that this shouldn't be our approach, and I can't fault the owners, but without the support of the football authorities mandating that all other clubs should operate in the same manner or be penalised in some way, then I can only see our club continuing to struggle. Pompey are behaving very ethically, but are placing their own bumps and uh, an already uneven playing field. We now talk of £200,000 as being a substantial transfer fee, but let's be realistic. In football, it's not, and never will be again. It seems we currently can't compete financially with other League One clubs for players that will improve at us enough to get us to the next level. And uh, Dave continues by saying, anyway, we look to the summer transfer window for the third, uh, the third for the current managerial team. This time, there has to be some significant improvements. I foresee another squad rebuild with many players departing just four months from now. We cannot afford... Once again, to prioritise free agents and loan players. To achieve promotion to the Championship, we will need a squad in League One that will at least have a nucleus of talent that can be a part of a team in the league above. And if we don't, imagine the outlay required for a complete squad overhaul uh, of that magnitude and and that level when the time comes. Unfortunately, I can't see it happening, uh, so it is where we are now. Uh, Is it just uh, about as good enough? Play at Pompey, Dave. Thank you for your long-winded email, but thank you very much. Some uh, some very good points made, and I'm, I'm sure we could all agree. And certainly, uh, cause for debate. Sam, nodding your head. I think you know that, that email's a. I, I think it's a responsible one. Uh, you can you can see the frustration with the transfer window just gone from the Pompey supporters, but you know maybe there there could have been a little bit more ambition to get some 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 bigger players in, some some bigger fees involved, but at the same time. The owners are doing what they promised to do four years ago, five years ago now when they brought the club. It's a difficult one when you try and balance the two arguments. Yeah, I think that was a really well-constructed, balanced email. Um, You know, he covered both sides of the argument. For me, this January window, I wasn't expecting the owners to to splash the cash, if you like. Um, The summer window previously gone, we were tied down by high earners from previous, uh, previous management who were still on relatively big contracts. We've managed to clear all of them in January. Um, for me, this summer will be the one. It's uh, Again, you've said that the owners are doing what they're saying, self-sustaining, etc. But when you've got the level of spending in this league this season, it's only going to go up again next year. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's only going to get bigger and bigger. And, and we this summer will be the one because we have a relatively clear wage bill. Cowley will have a lot of room to play with. It it will be the it will be the the window where we'll see whether we're actually going to compete at the top end of the league um, come next season. And I, it, if if we don't do that this summer, then a part of me will start to get a little bit worried uh, and a little bit disheartened because yeah. can I can we just 
accept that we are just a mid-table division free club and I don't think Portsmouth Football Club should be accepting that yeah okay Sam thank you very much uh, back home if you want to get your, your final messages into the panel your score predictions please do so uh, you can head to our website expressfm.com for all the information of how to get involved this evening but before we do go any further and before we do gather the final thoughts of my guests this evening let's take a closer look at the opponent that awaits Pompey at Fratton Park tomorrow night it is Jimmy Floyd Hasselbanks Burton Albion. League One match day number 29 has arrived for the Blues. Following Saturday's 3-2 defeat at Oxford, the next challenge for Danny Cowley's side is the visit of Burton Albion to PO4. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Pompey have still yet to win a league fixture in 2022, having drawn two and lost four of their opening matches this year. Nathan Holland's 96-minute winner for Oxford at the Kassam Stadium at the weekend denied the Blues the point they at least deserved considering the spirited fight back with just 10 men for most of the game. Next up, it's a return to Fratton Park and the first of a doubleheader on home turf. The Brewers are in town. Manager. Burton Albion once again find themselves under the stewardship of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. The former Leeds United, Atletico Madrid and Chelsea striker returned to the Pirelli Stadium dugout for his second stint in charge on New Year's Day 2021 since recording 26 victories from 59 competitive matches. Hasselbank's previous spell at the helm lasted just over a year, and he guided the Brewers to the League 2 title in 2015, departing in the December of the same year, with Burton top of League 1. The 49-year-old has had experience elsewhere too during his nine years as a manager, overseeing proceedings at Royal Antwerp in Belgium, as well as Queen's Park Rangers and Northampton Town. On-loan winger Harry Chapman is one to keep a close eye on during this one. The 24-year-old former England youth international returned to Burton for a second loan spell towards the end of the January transfer window, having spent the first half of the season with the club as well. Chapman, who came through the Middlesbrough Academy in 2015, had chipped in with one goal during his initial half-season spell at the club. The Brewers' number 10 returned to the starting 11 for Saturday's clash with Sheffield Wednesday. 18-year-old striker Daniel Jebison remains as the leading scorer for Burton Albion, but we won't have to worry about him this time around. The Canadian-born forward had netted seven league goals from 18 appearances this season for the Brewers, but was recalled from his loan spell at the Pirelli by parent club Sheffield United on deadline day. With Jebison no longer an option for Burton, Jimmy Floyd's top scorer who remains at the club is 24-year-old defender Johnny Smith who's played a total of 10 minutes of Burton's last eight league matches. Current form. Burton are on a really mixed run of form, which is probably fitting for a side sat dead centre of the division in 12th place. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's team have had three victories, two stalemates and four defeats from their last nine League One matches. The Brewers were knocked out of the FA Cup in the second round this season, the same stage as Pompey, losing 2-1 at home to Port Vale. Their most recent outing was a 2-0 home defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Burton are one place and one point ahead of the Blues, but they have played a game extra. Will we finally see Pompey get that long-awaited maiden league victory of 2022? Or will the visitors come out on top at Fratton Park? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. And you can join us tomorrow evening, Pompey Live from Fratton Park. Myself, Robbie James, will be on hand to deliver all of the action of Pompey against Burton Albion. And when we do bring you the coverage of that game from PO4, uh, we'll hear the pre-match thoughts of head coach Danny Cowley. Here's a little bit of that now. Well, Danny, first of all, Joe Morell's sending off. Is that one that you've submitted an appeal for? Yeah, it is. We've had a good opportunity to look at it back, looked at it at all different angles. I um, we saw what we saw live, really. I think... For us, the ball's high, so the foot is high. I mean, Joe himself is only foot five foot five. He's only got short legs, so his foot is only so high, and he just toes the ball and doesn't doesn't actually make any contact with with, with Cameron Brannigan. Um, if anything, Cameron Brannigan leads with his arm, um, but but he definitely wins the ball. We don't believe that it was it was reckless. Uh, you know, f- we we spoke this morning and. Um, I had the opportunity to speak to Mike Jones, who's obviously the head of refereeing. Um, he said it was an extremely harsh sending off and, and that we had grounds for an appeal. You know, what, what, what I don't understand is if the, the ball is high and the foot, the foot is going to be high, what should we coach the players in this moment? You know, what are we telling them to pull out? Because that's not within our vocabulary and that's certainly not what we tell our players to do. Um, if we're telling them they, they can't play it with their foot, we tell them to play to go in with their head like Kevin Brannigan did, because if they both go in with a head, then it's going to end up being a clash of heads. And, you know, 
recently there's, it's been well documented uh, you know the 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 protection that we need to give the players around concussion and, uh, and the effects that that can that can that can have long term for players. Just certainly we don't don't advocate that. So, yeah, it's a really grey area for me, um, and I'm, I'll be really interested to see the, the response that we get from the FA. And we will hear the uh, full extent of that interview on tomorrow's show here uh, on Pompey Live when the Blues host Burton Albion at Fratton Park in search of that f- first league victory of 2022 okay it is uh, come to the time of the show where we gather in the score predictions uh on facebook daniel's gone for a 2-1 pompey win tomorrow kevin's gone for a, a one-all draw uh meanwhile lee has gone for a 3-0 pompey win somewhat more positive than the than last friday's uh, show heading into the game at oxford uh tom chapel uh your score prediction please that all depends on whether Joe Morell's card's rescinded or not. I believe we find out that tomorrow. If so, 4-0. If not, 2-1 <laughs> Pompey anyway. So it's positive either way. Okay, dokie. Uh, Sam? Um, I'm going to... My head's telling me a draw, but, you know, we've got Pompey backs against the walls. There's not a good feeling at the moment. We've got about five players. I think it all tees up for a really good Pompey win with a good atmosphere at Fratton Park. Lovely stuff. Four nil written all over it. I'm going to go with that. You got to after after tonight's show. Tom, Sam, thank you both ever so much for joining me on the show this evening. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on the Footblower once more uh, this season. Next up, Pompey at home to Burton Albion. You can join us here on Express FM tomorrow from seven. All the unmissable action. This is. Pompey live. Pompey extend their winless run to six in the league. Or maybe a shot, which Bazunu can't save. And Portsmouth's hearts have been broken. A late Nathan Holland goal handed Oxford a 3-2 victory. Next up, midweek action back at Fratton Park. Pompey versus Burton Albion will be right here. Join us for all of the unmissable action tomorrow night from 7. Pompey live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. As always, we really do look forward to welcoming you to Fratton Park for that one. Robbie James is back uh, temporarily from his gadavanting watching the rugby for tomorrow's game against Burton Albion at PO4. Okay, coming up here on Express this evening, however, after the news at 7 o'clock, Jeff and Ada back with the soft rock show from 7 through till 9. They've got the latest from Ghosts of Sunset, Lana Lane, The Lazy Eyes, and, of course, Muse as well. Retro tracks from This Week in History, which includes Carol King and Gentle Giant. That 8 show returns with Kevin Stokes from 9 o'clock through until 11pm this evening, which is when we've got the Express wind down through to the early hours of Tuesday morning. And then tomorrow morning from 6.30, Nicola Lashley is back with Express Breakfast, waking you up and uh, getting you uh, with all the information that you need to know with the roads, travel, sport, news updates, everything you need to know for your Tuesday morning. Connor Mosley is sitting in for Gloria Miller from 10 through till 1. Ian James is back from 1 through till 4 with the victory years from 2 o'clock as well. Mason Jordan presents drive time from 4 through till 7, which is when Pompey Live returns, as we mentioned, tomorrow evening for the return of Fratton Park football. Can Pompey get that long-awaited win they have so desperately required for so long? Now, join us from 7 o'clock tomorrow. But until then, have a great evening. Enjoy your week. Play up Pompey. Good night.